At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Uh, This is Follow-Up Friday, uh, where we answer all of your ravens uh, from the previous episode. And uh, we're trickling in some uh, Facebook group uh, comments, I think, as well, too. So we've got a nice uh, discussion going on in the Facebook group. So we're bringing those to the show. Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, trivia last week, uh, the question was in what year was Tyrion Lannister born? The answer is 273 AC. And it was won by Sir Robbie of Newcastle, who has uh, been away for a while. And, uh, (laughs) just literally, I had like four or five people like answer, like within like seconds of, or, you know, seconds, minutes of each other. But he uh, literally was first once again. So he, he is back. So he's back. Wow. That is awesome. What time? Did, what time did we post that episode? Was that early again? No, or was same. That, that, was, that was regular time. Regular time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. All righty. Awesome. Uh, you still thinking about your different format uh, for Follow Up Friday? Still? Yeah, I'm. Brewing? St- yeah, I'm still. I'm still. I'm still. I'm still brooding. You know, like like Maycar at Summerhall, just brooding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, okay. I wanted to. So I think this week uh, we have some. Quick ravens that just quick comments on the show uh, that we're going to bring up and things. But I was thinking last, I think this was not this this previous Monday, but the following or the uh, the, the the Monday prior to that, um, we had had a discussion about the uh, wildlings, Sir Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a character uh, that I kind of just in my reread again. We're always. Going back through, combing back through, I like to even start a couple chapters before the chapter we're going to hit, read that chapter again, lead into it, just kind of get the flow going again, right? Right. Uh, so it's amazing how many times that you and I actually reread the chapters. It's, it's nuts. Uh, but I love it. Uh, that's why we're doing this, because we, we're obsessed, you know. Uh, but I was looking in uh, the uh, World of Ice and Fire, and we have the, the uh, up at, up at uh, Hardhome, there was this devastation that took place. Okay, right. uh, it's like destroyed. I think at one point, like they uh, the, by fire, they say, and a character, Maester Willis, was there, and Maester Willis is this sort of kind of uh, he's he's eluded me. He's a, he's, he's a bit of a, a a mystery, right? He's actually the one who is detailing the accounts um, of uh, he's, he's detailing the the wildlings, Hardhome itself. Uh, I think he wrote something called Hardhome, an account of. Three years spent beyond the wall among savages, raiders, and woods witches. So uh, he actually ends up kind of uh, vanishing, and we get in the in a world of ice and fire. Just just a tidbit here, which I'll read. Uh, Willis okay. journeyed to Hardhome on a Pentashi trader and established himself as a healer and a counselor, so that he might write their customs. He was given protection uh, by Gorm the Wolf. Uh, a chieftain who shared control of Hardhome with three other chiefs. When Gorm was murdered in a drunken brawl, however, Willis found himself in mortal danger and made his way back to Old Town. There he set down his account, only to vanish the year after uh, the illuminations um, were done. It was said in the Citadel that he was last seen at the docks looking for a ship that would take him to Eastwatch by the sea. So, um, okay. yeah, it's, 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 so he's, he's headed back to East Watch, which then again, he could maybe go over to Skagos or he could even leave East Watch and head back up to Hardhome. And I just noticed that, you know, as I was reading there, there's this, um, 
the destruction of it. Like, what happened? Why was there so much fire there? You know, uh, what do we believe happened? Is is it? Uh, there's a lot of different theories that people have on on Reddit and and uh, and a Song of Ice and Fire uh, wiki um, that it could have been volcano eruptions up there that had caused many of the um, you know uh, wildlings right. there to you know die almost like a Pompeii type of thing. Um, let's see, dragons. You know, again, this was 600 years ago, by the way. So this is 600 years uh, before where we're at. So just an interesting time, right? As to it was that time that you and I were talking about where like it's before Aegon's conquest, but yet, you know, so 300 years before the conquest. So a, a hundred years, actually a hundred years before uh, Valerian Freehold um, annexed or, you know, um, kicked out, I guess the, uh, the Targaryens or right. that they left, you know, they had that foresight to kind of leave. So dragons is still a possibly an option as to something that, that took place up there. But during that time, you have the Night's Watch. And something happened at, at Hardhome. Mr. Willis has documented some of it, and he is, he's intrigued to go back. And uh, some people believe, actually, the Citadel might have been uh, might have sent him with the task, which um, that he might be a part of the reason why it was consumed by fire. So it's actually mm-hmm. kind of a it's it's the only Hardhome's the only real like city slash town up there in uh, North Beyond the Wall, and right. uh, or it, I guess close to resembling a city, and it's it's often ruled by several different chieftains. And so when he was there, he's learning about this stuff, and then you know um, his guy is is killed, uh, his chieftain who's protecting him, and then it seems like there's this mass of destruction that's this un. Uh, mysterious sort of fires consumed Hardhome, and they don't really know what they what they were. So I just thought I'd throw that out there as something interesting, another nugget uh, for folks to kind of uh, go look into and uh, look into World of Ice and Fire. Keep kind of plugging uh, that book because it has so much you know cool information. And when you start to you know detail some of the timelines, you realize mm-hmm. that like this when it said 600 years ago. And you have to think about when the book was written. You're like, well, that's 600 years. That's 300 years before the conquest. You know, and yeah. sort of like that Night's Watch, what's going on at that time? They're, it's in decline, but are they still fighting the others? You know, uh, is that something that's still taking place? Are they using fire to fight them? Is it just a battle against the wildlings? You know, so because 300 years is quite a, is quite a time, you know, uh, before the conquest. So, yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. It was something that we kind of, uh, it was there in the reading, and when I went back through, I was like, who is this Maester Willis guy? You know, he vanishes off the docks there and heads back to Eastwatch, and no one's quite sure as to what happened to him, you know? So I don't know. thought that was kind of interesting. So I just wanted to share uh, with all of you. So that is uh, Sir Ezra's just sort of ponderings for the past uh, past week. So Yeah. All you right. know, and, um, and hope and hopefully, you know, that's something that I would I would love to get more information on at some point is kind of, you know, like these other these smaller keeps up at the wall, you know, like Eastwatch yeah. and Greyguard and and some of these things, because there's clearly a history there. Um, we just don't yeah. know any of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It would be it would be neat to to learn more. I think the Knights when you think of the Knights Watch in, in that order, it is. I, I always forget that it's not something that they started during Aegon's conquest. It right. is. It's an ancient order that it's been there um, for thousands of years. You know, mm-hmm. so just uh, something to kind of remember. It's why it's so. It's why it's so cool. It's why it's the they have their vows and they say their vows and they and we are we are obsessed with the the idea that this order would stand on the on uh, on the wall and and watch. You know what was what was coming. So and that was Gur's thing too. You know he was obsessed with that. Um, was is it Hadrian's Wall? Is that what it's called? The yeah 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 um, yeah, ha- yeah and Hadrian Hadrian Hadrian's Wall. It was the I, yeah. the end of the it was the it was the end of the Roman Empire. Right. The idea that you'd have watchmen on that wall, and when he was just struck with that idea that when he was standing there, to just be looking out and and protecting everything behind you, you know what I mean? That was sort of like you were on the edge of the world essentially as you knew it, uh, which is cool. I think profound to him. So. Anyways, all right, yeah, so there we go, guys. Just a little tidbit to start follow-up Friday off with. Um, I do have a couple quick other uh, Ravens. We got something here from uh, Sir Alex, uh, the forgetful, uh, who has changed his name just as he's taken the black. So uh, we'll get into that 
um, later. But uh, this isn't necessarily Raven, but just a message about how enjoyable the podcast is so far. Uh, a man loves the off-topic discussion on sports. So he kind of just brought up, he's, he's kind of working his way back through. And I've told people, too, if you're new and you're listening, maybe you've listened to this first episode and you're like, oh, cool, I want to go back and listen uh, to the beginning and try to catch up, that's totally fine. We're still here. And when you send us uh, your Ravens, uh, even though they may, you know, you may be behind in the podcast, Sir Matt and I will read those. Uh, and when you catch up, they'll be there waiting for you. So those responses. But, yeah, he just kind of goes on to talk about his favorite sports teams there. Um, you know, because we were talking about that back in the day, and uh, he mentions you know the Sixers for basketball, um, uh, Bayern Munich for uh, soccer, the Germany national team. Uh, he's just kind of going on listing more here. The Eagles. He's really, I think, in love with those two cities. Like like Philadelphia um, is where he's from. So uh, pretty neat. And then another comment I didn't put in here, Sir Matt, is that I basically should be um, sent to the wall because I haven't seen Breaking Bad. So. Uh-huh. Hey, well, uh, I haven't I haven't really seen much of it either. So, oh, well, we're both going to the wall then, I guess. So uh, there's a lot of shows I haven't seen that uh, I definitely need to get caught up on. But I'm just reading all the time. So, you know, for sure. Hey, yeah. You know, we're busy. We're busy doing other stuff. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Takes, it takes me it takes me a while to uh, kind of plow through some some bigger series. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a couple quick, uh, quick Ravens there. So um, all right, we're ready to dive into these uh, yeah. bigger Ravens here. Okay. Absolutely. So this is a man has no name. Formerly Sir Alex, the forgetful. Um, <laughs> he says, good morning, Sir Ezra the Watchful and Sir Matt the Bud Knight. Uh, a man's name was once Sir Alex the Forgetful, the kingdom of the kingdom of Philadelphia, but now a man is no one, which is just fantastic to me. A man we're, cert- is- we're, starting to get, we're starting to get a handful of these. We are. We're getting a couple assassins, you know, which I like. Uh, so, you know, uh, a man is currently still catching up on the podcast. So some of this may have been dis- uh, discussed, but once the two of you, uh, at one, at one point we had predicted how Jon Snow may react to discovering he is a Targaryen, but how do you think, uh, Daenerys would react? So basically how is Danny going to react to Jon discovering that he is a Targaryen? Uh, for the majority of the story, she believes that she is the last surviving Targaryen and the true heir to the throne. Um, how would she react to finding out she isn't the true heir? Would this bring her closer to John, or would this push her away? Or would she put that on the side as they fight the Night King? Uh, also, how would young Griff react, assuming John Snow is Aegon in the books, and Griff is truly, uh, truly is the other Aegon? So that's let's let's take the first one, uh, first question first. There, Sir Matt, just sort of like uh, Danny. How is she going to react? to Jon Snow, you know, learning that he is a Targaryen, if that is what comes to be? Um, it depends on... I think it, dep- it I think it just depends on what ends up happening. Um, you, you know, so, like, in, in, the, in the show, I think it'll be kind of more of, like, a happy thing, um, because we know, like, they, you know, Danny and Jon have already kind of hooked up on the boat, and so I think that she's... I think I don't think she's going to be like threatened by him wanting to take like the Iron Throne because John doesn't really seem that he cares. Like I don't think John yeah. really wants it. So and he's already kind of bent the knee to her, right? Like in in the in, in the, the show sh- mm-hmm. in the show. Um, now the book's totally different because if it does go that same way, maybe they don't like hook up or you know maybe it just plays out differently. So it could be more of a kind of hostile hostile thing and in the books the the precedent has been set right with the great council where women aren't allowed to rule so that i think could be something that, yeah. that goes into into play as well right yeah i i i also i i don't know that she's going to i don't know i, I think she loves him too and then to, it's sort of like to me it seems like it might be based upon just the show this icing on the cake that like wait what i that he is, it's definitely going to be awkward, you know, especially if he is like the true heir. Um, they're going to have to have a conversation about that. I don't really know how that's going to unfold. I could see her, you know, kind of having that that rage or, you know, whatever, um, because she really is like sort of the, the dragon, right? She is the true dragon. I mean, she's got that uh, ability to sort of walk through fire and she's so as far as we can tell she is like this true you know targaryen so i i just feel like 
whether it's young Griff or it's Jon Snow, they're going to come second to her, you know, because she has the dragons, you know, she's in control of them. So um, I, she might be, you know, um, a little hard. I don't know. As you said, Jon's not going to, I think, want to take anything from her. So as long as his reaction and he stays the same uh, way that he is, then I think she'll be okay. But right. if he starts to think that he should be king, um, you know, and, and the true ruler and then she his queen versus like, you know, he could still be king, but he's just like she's in, in charge. It's just different, you know. It just kind of depends mm-hmm. on how they on, – on how – I think it all depends on how John, you know, reacts to his own um, revelation that he's a Targaryen again if yeah. that happens. Yeah, it, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if it if it goes that way, now young Griff might be like a, a different, yeah, a different a different ball game. Uh, yeah, and this is tricky. So now we go between like show and book here. Yeah, so young Griff, young Griff doesn't exist, and I don't think that the, you would have to really kind of rope that in. You know, like last minute, yeah. the, that's just not happening in the show. Um, but young Griff, um, assuming Jon Snow is Aegon in the books, young Griff is true. Uh, Young Griff truly is the other Aegon. Um, so, you know, the Young Griff angle is different. Like, if it turns out that the theory where John isn't, let's say, like, Y plus, you know, John is not Rhaegar and um, Lyanna's son, mm-hmm. yep. and it is Young Griff, which is just, a, you know, a theory, um, that would be super cool. That would be quite interesting because Young Griff clearly does have plans on, on conquering Westeros. And he, yeah. you know, could could view it as more about marrying Daenerys. Um, to kind of conquer Westeros, and maybe Daenerys when she was younger would be okay with that, but now I think she would not accept that because Daenerys has um, really kind of become, become her own woman, and she mm-hmm. is kind of also a force to be reckoned with. And so yeah. I think that that is something where she she would not go she would not go lightly, and she has dragons. So that's well, the, that's that... the other thing is it's it's going to be hard for like Griff to say to kind of. F- you know, if he tried to like force Daenerys into anything, um, just because yeah. he's that male line, because she has dragons, and you know, if you're a Targaryen, Daenerys is clearly a Targaryen with dragons, like, and she was the she has she has that much more she has a line that is proven, whereas Griff is going to have to kind of prove that he like you know was a secret kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, another thing that uh, in the books, you know, young Griff is is trying to. Um, basically earn uh his um his it'll be his aunt's uh respect you know so he's he's when the decision making comes where where he's trying to decide what to do uh in a dance of dragons he's deciding uh what to do with the golden company whether they should attack whether they should um you know go seize some of westeros he kind of does it so that he can prove to his aunt that he is worthy uh to sort of be her her bride and to to you know uh work with her side by side so he's actually you know he, he's already set up as that person who's trying to appease her and help pave the way for her um so when you think about it like that uh it's i think that's interesting because that's that's let that we don't talk about that a whole lot and that we often think young griff is just coming and he is going to uh, conquer and everyone's going to get behind him and he's the heir and all that kind of stuff and that's true but he's also trying to thread this needle here with his with his aunt and that could be some of what um, Illyrio and Varys have coached him in you know in that like this is a, this is something you're going to have to navigate because they didn't quite know how Danny's path would go and so now in prepping him he's almost more prepared to rule because of his his tutoring whereas Danny was just sort of meant to sort of be um, a bride that would then uh, help them obtain an army, and she has turned into the true dragon, and her brother is dead, you know. And so then now, when they shift to young Griff, I kind of think he was like, like, like they were going to possibly put Viserys in charge. I'm going down a, a a big rabbit hole here, so I'm sorry. I'm totally deviating from the Raven a little no, bit. That's but fine. Uh, hey, that's what we do. We chase cats, you know. We do. We do. Those uh, now we're chasing. Gonna, those cats aren't going to catch themselves. No, and the cats led us to dragons, so I'm in here talking about dragons now. Uh, but it's like, I truly kind of, the more I've thought about what is Young Griff's role in all of this, and, and we were just talking on Monday about what is Varys, and what, what are they up to? What are those two up to? Because why is Varys sort of plotting or helping, seemingly help, um, you know, uh, kill 
Daenerys, I don't know, like, again, that was just their way to get an army. Viserys was going to be, they're going to push behind him, they were going to conquer, and then young Griff is someone who they trust and believe, and he can kind of come in, they could assassinate Viserys, and they could, you know, put up either their own um, Targaryen or Blackfire, whatever he may be. But he, when you read about him, when they're on the Shy Maid, and, uh, and, and Tyrion is kind of, you know, figuring him out, he's very smart. Uh, he's very intelligent. He's he's been trained by Duck, you know. His uh, uh, John Connington. He's well educated. He's intelligent, versed in history. Uh, Septa Lam- Septa Lamore. I always forget her name. Uh, mm-hmm. Taught him about the faith of the Seven. Ashardane. He speaks the common tongue. Yeah, Ashardane. Yeah, Ashardane. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he is fluent in High Valerian. Um, you know, even in the bastard Valerian dialects of uh, Pentos, Tyrosh, uh, Mir, and 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 Lice. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Trade talk. So he knows a lot, um, and he's definitely someone who's been groomed to take this position. But I think in leaving, you know, Connington and those guys are are, are talking about um, Rhaegar's sister. You know, because Connington was close to Rhaegar, and this is his sister who they didn't expect to do all this cool stuff and to, you know, uh, have three dragons and to be moving uh, to conquer. So, you know, his role I think is going to be different, but I also think what they did in the show is that they, they blended the two together. I don't, you know, in the book, I think a lot of people believe John is not going to be a Targaryen and that what they did here is they made Jon Snow be young Griff kind right. of this, that like they almost like merged them together. So, and I think when you do that, you take, a, like, that's why they've been saying in panels that the show and book are going to be extremely different from each other uh, because mm. they did that. They took this character. And I mean, it's possible. Him. It's possible. And that's you the know. thing is that young Griff could still be the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. Yep. And John can still be Azor High. Like those two things are not, you know, exactly. like mutually exclusive, you know, exclusive. Like, they, you know, they, they can be that, you know, they could be separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, and maybe yeah, that's, yeah. and maybe that's, and maybe that's the bigger story. Like maybe, like maybe, like you know, I I think we all assume that John has to be, you know, like Y like plus but they're right. Like R plus L equals J. Like has to be what the case for it for John to be Azora High because that's you know, even still, that's probably still the most likely event, right in the books. I mean, it's obviously probably yeah. what's going to happen in the show. I mean, you know, I I would say it's like ninety percent. I would say John is Azora High. Like that's the whole route they're going in the show. Um, but that's, st- that's still the likely event in the books. And, but it, you know, what's the bigger story? Is it Azor high or is it, you know, are you a Targaryen? I, I don't think that, I think Azor high is, is, is going to be the bigger plot device in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, and, and you think about the difference between Azor high and the princess, the, the prince uh, or the princess that was promised and if that those uh, could be different things, those could be different things, right? And so um, Azor High being that prophecy from the Far East, you know, in in uh, Ashai by the shadow there, you know, that could be something that is, um, as you say, different, you know, and that could be that could be John, you know, it could be uh, could be someone else too, you know. But um, yeah, so I like that. I like that idea. Um, let me get back to the Raven here because <laughs> totally deviated uh, and kind of went nuts. Uh, let me see. So, oh yeah, okay. So, how would young Griff react, assuming John is Aegon in the books? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Okay, so how would young Griff? So let's say John does turn out to be, um, the other son. So the that John would be the, I guess then would be the younger son, uh, to Rhaegar because right, which is also still possible. Yeah, and exactly. So. I think then young Griff would say, well, I'm the elder son and right. I, my claim is, is stronger, you know, and that's mm-hmm. sort of when they go to the golden company, um, that is what he, uh, he and John Connington go in wearing the blacks and the reds of house Targaryen. And, and, uh, what's interesting about that it, when they show up to the golden company is that the golden company kind of already knows who he is. Oh yeah. They know. Yeah. Which is interesting. So there's more people involved in this than, what uh, the small little shy maid, you know, uh, voyage entails. I mean, you know, I think Illyrio and those guys are have already kind of organized this, and so the Golden Company is kind of like waiting. So once he shows up, cool, we, you know, we're in. You got us, and let's move on. They they agree to keep his identity a secret. Um, 
But it's like, yeah, I, I don't. I think Young Griff would say, um, you know, cool, glad to have another Targaryen, you know, family member. But like, um, you know, fall in line, essentially. Yeah. So I think that I think that's kind of how he would react. So um, I like this other question here that we that we get from um, from no one here. Uh, finally, who do you guys think gets the final point of view chapter? Uh, Bran seems like an obvious choice to me. He got the chapter. Uh, he got the first chapter, and if a man remembers correctly, he was the first to get a second chapter. So thoughts there. Who gets that final point of view uh, uh, chapter? That's a really good question. I think it's going to be a little different than than Brand, just because you have the prologues and the epilogues. So I guess if you're just going with right, yeah, if you're just going with final point of view chapter um, in the series, not including the epilogue, then yeah, it could be Brand for sure, hundred percent. But I think yeah. we're going to have that epilogue with um, right with Sam, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I'm totally on board with the Sam is right. Sam is telling us this story like he is written. He is writing it. Um, yeah, I I hundred percent think that is what's happening. I would be so happy. If and I case. am. I hope to God, and we'd have to go check out travel scheduling and stuff like that for Gur. But I really hope that Gur did do a cameo, and maybe they filmed it a while ago or something. Like you could, you know, you don't, you could film it at any time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I so that would just, it would just be the perfect way to end it, especially if the ending is kind of bittersweet. Um. Yeah. Where like it is that like somebody dies or something, you know what I mean? Like let's let's say like almost everyone dies in the process, yeah. and let's say John does have to kill Daenerys or something like that. Um, then you can still kind of have that thing where it's like Sam survives and Sam is telling us the story, and then it it kind of because at the end of the day, like you still want to you still like you still want to have kind of somewhat of like a happy not like happy ending, but you know just you you would feel satisfied. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, and then also you like a. Uh, I always like stories where, where in which like, there's uh, there's nuggets left. I mean, even though he's not going to write anymore, I don't I don't believe he'll ever write uh, beyond the end of a Song of Ice and Fire series. We get the histories, which is cool, uh, but uh, leave it in a place where we can imagine, you know, um, new houses rising. Sort of like we were talking about the Tullys. You know, leave it in a place where uh, another another one of these small houses. Uh, like the Seven Kingdoms looks, looks very different. Maybe Starks are still in control, Lannisters, right. but in some of these other regions, you know, like the Tyrells, that house probably is crumbling. If, if you look at the show, like who is mm-hmm. going to take their place? Well, in um, the show, it's how, gone. Like it doesn't exist. Essentially, much yeah, yeah, it's essentially gone. So um, who will, you know, rise there? Who's going to rise in place of the Tullys if the Tullys don't recover, uh, a, 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 you know, enough? Um, you know, John Aaron's son, you know, who's going, is he, is he well enough to kind of continue on? Or is there another, is another house going to take over there? So if you, if you left us with those nuggets to where we can kind of like think about different people being in, in control, because that seems to be what happens, you know, Aegon's conquest, you know, the, the, as we said last week, um, you know, the uh, house whore is out and, and house Tully is in, you know, so when you have those major battles or major shifts, uh, the makeup of the kingdom's changes and so i think sam hinting at some of that at the end of all of this and gur getting that cameo at the end uh as sam would be absolutely epic but i do epic. think i do think brand uh, brand will get that last that's a really good point he'll get that last sort of uh point of view and maybe can tell us with his powers you know and with what he can see uh he could he can maybe give us more because it's hard to get a lot uh you know, we're limited. It's this is like a third person limited. We're limited to um, that character in that chapter and and their uh, what they can see. So Brand can see much further and much wider uh, in in dreams and in the the Weirwood Network. So you know, it makes sense. You know, to choose him as that last point of view uh, chapter, or even be second to last, and we sort of have like a nice little resolution, uh, and then we have you know a couple more. I don't know. Maybe it'll be well into resolution by the time. Um, Bran has his tells us what happens, and then we get a couple point of views just to settle things down, and then we get the epilogue. I don't know. I don't really. It's it's good. It's fun to think about. It's years away. <laughs> years. Oh, absolutely. Away. Yeah. Maybe a decade away, which is crazy to think about. All right. So. Um. Okay. Now we have a pretty large one here from Ghost O'Haren Hall. Yeah. Okay. So let's see here. Um. This is John. Uh, a dance. A Dance with Dragons, um, 
Ghost wasn't sure of the chapter here. But we've got a quote that we'll read first. And then we also have uh, John um, 11 right after that. And then we'll get into the raven. So here we go. Uh, she gazed at Ghost. May I touch your wolf? The thoughts made John uneasy. Best not. He will not harm me. You call him Ghost, yes? Yes, but... Ghost, Melisandre made the word a song. The direwolf padded toward her. Wary, he stalked about her in a circle, sniffing. When she held out her hand, he smelled that too, then shoved his nose against her fingers. John sees fire from her fingertips later in this conversation. Um, John let uh, John let out a white breath. He is not always so warm. Warmth calls to warmth, Jon Snow. Her eyes were two red stars, shining in the dark. At her throat, her ruby gleamed. A third eye, glowing, brighter than the others. <laughs> uh, John has seen ghosts' eyes, blazing red the same way. When they were caught, uh, when, the, when the light caught them just right. Ghost, he called, to me. The direwolf looked at him as if he were a stranger. <laughs> so uh, that's that's pretty neat little um, situation there between Melisandre and the Direwolf Ghost. Um, now let's move on just a little bit further. Um, this is again John um, John 11. Uh, Ghost was the only protection John needed. The Direwolf could sniff out foes, even those who hid intimate in, uh, who hid enmity behind smiles. Then Ghost emerged from between two trees with Val beside him. They look like they belong together. Jaminy Christmas. So the Ghost has left us with some pretty intriguing. We've been talking about Val um, quite a bit, so nice to see her brought up there. Um, I think that was on her on her return. Uh, Melisandre's rubies burn. So this is this is the, the raven here from, from Ghost. Uh, Melisandre's rubies burns uh, the more demanding uh, her magic is. So the the more that her, I guess in the text in there, it's a quote, the more that ruby is burning, the more demanding her magic is. Her magic is, is yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, moments before this, she glamours herself into Egrette just long enough for John to mistake her. She insists she can help John if he just takes her hand and embraces the power in the wall, his beast, himself, and the long dark shadow he casts. Claims that shadows are servants of the light. She's a shadow binder from a shy, uh, like like Quaith. Uh, Maester Marwen studied in a shy. Mira, Mira Mazdur studied from Marwen. She takes over Ghost with no problem whatsoever. Ghost has been absent, hunting slash following John's commands uh, quite a bit lately, but he has... But he was last seen at Castle Black, uh, attacking men before the mutiny. Bran warged into Ghost. John absolutely can. Val has his confidence, and now Melisandre has no problem controlling him. When John tried to desert the Night's Watch, Ghost showed everyone where John was hiding. He alerted John when a white came to Castle Black for Jor. He led John to Dragonglass at Frostfangs, but he can't be working for Relor, can he? His eyes say Relor, but his countenance and his his uh, his temperament scream old gods. His face is even compared to a werewood. John whispers, "Ghost, after being stabbed at the mutiny at Castle Black, I can't wait to see what he does in this uh, in the latest season of the show as well as where we uh, leave off in the books. I do believe Melisandre will bring John back to life in the books, but it will come at a terrible cost. A life for a life, like Mira Mazdur said. Sadly, I think Ghost will be the sacrifice for John, as Khal Drogo's horse was for him. Wow. Um, that's really, that's something. So so, so thoughts there, uh, Sir, Sir, Sir Matt. Yeah, you know, um... This passage, man, it really kind of shows actually, you know, the power that Melisandre does have. And you know, where is she going to go in kind of the future? I feel like the show is not doing nearly as good of a job at, as kind of showing just how important Melisandre is going to be going forward. Mm -hmm. 
Um, like okay. at this point, I don't even know what she's doing. She's just, we don't really know where she is. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, in the books, I feel like she's kind of like, you know, kind of a key could be a key to just about everything. Uh, mm-hmm. To be, you know, completely honest. Yeah, I wonder is she deceiving John there by right. you know warmth calls to warmth. Um, her eyes were two red stars shining in the dark. At her throat, her ruby gleamed. A third eye, glowing bright, brighter than the others. Now, here's something interesting. So we've often talked about the third eye, opening your third eye, and that being something between um, the great other and possibly R'hllor. You know, now and it also throw in the old gods too. But I, I don't really know. You know, my whole theory has been that um, that that Bran. Um, kind of has this. Uh, I mean, he 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 can. He has the wolf dreams. He can warg, uh, and 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 so on. But the opening of the third eye, which power you know is is that coming from? Is that coming from the great other? Is that coming from the children and the old gods? Um, are they one and the same? You know, uh, and then right there when I heard that mention of a third eye glowing brighter than the others makes me kind of think that, you know, she's a servant of R'hllor. Is that something between those two gods? We know that those are in the right. faith of R'hllor. It's like R'hllor is the one true god, and then there is his enemy, which is the great other. The great other, you yeah. know, Yeah, so you have those two. So it's sort of like that reference there makes me think that it's something that they both can kind of do, like on uh, the the power of the third eye. Is yeah, I mean, are they, are they equal? Yeah, yeah, are they kind of equal powers? Yeah. So that just that just made me, you know, kind of wonder because she it's all about sight and being able to see more things, you know. And R'hllor uses the flames, uh, whereas what does the Great Other use? Is he using right. the werewolves? <laughs> you know, is that like what he's? I don't know. Um, again, I always get the old gods and and the other confused just because of Blood Raven, the children and stuff. And I still right. it's all murky to me. I don't really, you know, quite know because R'hllor has his servants. And it seems like his his servants and those folks who were over in a shy, um, you know, and, and Melisandre's a shadow binder, you know, are are servants there. So what are the great others' servants? You know, are they children? You know, are they, you know, um, I don't know. I know that they worship the old gods. I get that. I know that they, uh, that's what's said. They worship the old gods and stuff. There's just there's more to it. I mean, I and you have the others, you know, who are his servants, right? But it's just sort of like. Somehow, how does that opening your third eye kind of, you know, what, where, which side um, of the line does that fall on? That's my question. Um, The other thing here is we've got, let's see. Yeah, ghost walking with Val. And and the idea that he, um, you know, uh, the ghost brings up the point that uh, ghost was the only protection John needed. This direwolf could sniff out foes, even those who hid enmity behind smiles. Yeah, I kind of think to be walking next to Val, uh, there's something there. You know, there's right. I, I've often thought that some of Val's characteristics, you know, in wearing all of the whites and her her skin color and her even her eyes, possibly they're kind of that grayish, um, you know, uh, color. But then her hair almost seems like it could be somewhat Targaryen related you know in, yeah i know it in, does in, some, in some way so and she could and she could be you know that that there's a lot of there's you know the Rhaegar theories actually mance raider or whatever um yeah i mean Va- there is there that's another character there's there's a secret behind we don't we don't entirely know which is val yeah. ghost I, I love this freaking raven because it's got me thinking like what you know ghost him, himself is such a you know he looks like a werewood Right, so he's got the right. You know, he's white uh, albino with the with the eyes that yeah, are the blood. Red eyes. Blood, blood raven is the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, he is albino with red eyes, um, or a red eye, and then you have relo- the rubies that are gleaming and glowing and and seeing things in the flames. And John mentions his eyes are kind of burning, you know, and so there's a connection to R'hllor. Um But then if the if the you know. Uh, the Weirwood Network is something that is used by the Great Other, it, you know. So it's just sort of like Gur is so good at just at at laying right. so many different like yeah, like yeah, like um, we don't know. Maybe maybe Ghost has always been kind of like a secret informant for the Great Other. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that you never I mean, know. Yeah, 
Well, what's crazy is is that like Melisandre is either using power to to comfort and control Ghost, or they really are. Like there really is something that like um, that Ghost doesn't see her as an enemy. You know, doesn't right. see her as someone who's going to harm or hurt John. And even at the end, I think what's very telling here is that like when he called to Ghost, the direwolf looked at him as if he were a stranger. Now that makes me think that last line. You start to think like, okay, Ghost is you know, sees her as friend, but now when I see that he, he looked back and saw John as a stranger, uh, it's almost as if uh, Melisandre has put a spell on the direwolf. Right. You know, it says that she, that he had seen flames, or that later in the chapter, you know, he had seen flames come from uh, her fingers there. So that's, I don't know. Right. Is there some... Yeah, you know, uh, some, I don't know. Some you trickery know, in that uh, it, scene there. I, I, still, I still think I back to like Blood Raven. I don't know. And if so, Blood Raven was the one that sent oh boy. these wolves, there's more you could kind of dig into. You know, I think like with South, that, South I don't know was that, was how that far we could take thing, it, but or was that FBI um, Raven thing? As we've kind of talked about. The okay, let's that, let's like, look at like at the you know, leading into Winds of Winter. Um, is Melisandre the one who raises him? Where again, you know, Blood Matt. Raven is kind of that seems pretty straightforward, right? The you know, still himself like slipping in and out of like consciousness. Okay, so I think that's a really good. Um, point because this, this we're talking about ghost we made the parallel to blood raven you know is it uh could it be that he that he sent those those wolves down to aid them you know you remember earlier we were talking about in um oh my gosh what chat what world of ice and fire monday world of ice the, and fire yeah the, the monday the monday show how it, it when, the, when we were learning about the riverlands that it was the children actually controlled ravens and and wolves yeah, gotcha. Did you just mention that, or is that um, no? Just mention that. Okay. Right now, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, because that's something that was stuck out to me. You know, is that the children kind of controlling the ravens and the wolves? You know, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's, there's that. Uh, but Melisandre can control wolves. So what's going on? It, it's like possibly. I almost have to go. Seems like it. Yeah, it's it, it's like I have to go do. Remember when I did the hierarchy between like uh, wargs, skin changers, you know, um, and even right. drew in like. The difference between like wolf dreams, green dreams, and dragon dreams and stuff. Like we may have to do that uh, with with the different uh, uh, um, servants of these gods. You know, the old, the great other, and R'hllor, and so on. It's just you know. right. You know, something else I, I I've been wondering about with Melisandre, the flames. Like they see things in the flames, and it uh-huh. seems like yep. in the flames they see the future, right? Uh huh. Yeah, and when Bran uses the Weirwoods, he sees into the past. Now, Bran does kind of have a green dream, like his first green dream, right? He sees, he kind of sees the the mountain and like the future mountain that we're yeah. assuming. Um, so I want you know, is that something else? Like this time is does time play a part? Is it like, and mm-hmm. also can mm-hmm. they communicate with each other through the flames? Is that something that can be done? Oh yeah, that's kind of neat. That would be interesting if you could, because I, I wonder if someone else is connected into the Weirwood Network, like if Blood Raven's where he's at, and you had those other children who had the red eyes and, uh, you know, red and green eyes, if they could then also communicate with each other across long distances, I think perhaps they could, uh, right. and I think the same could be done with 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 fire. But I like what you're saying. If if one side had the ability to only influence the past, maybe they actually can go back and change things, but then. You know the power that R'hllor has is is the ability to see into the future and to see different different pathways and see things that are coming. So that, even that's the, what because that's what it seems like. It seems like every time Melisandre looks, she sees something in the future, yeah. right? Like she sees she sees John, right? You know, with you know mm-hmm. like possibly as Azor High in the future. She sees she sees kind of Blood Raven, or it, you can. It seems like you can also kind of see things that are going on. Whereas the Weirwood Network, as we like to call it, it, it does. It just seems like it's the past. Like Bran, you know, he goes back and he sees all like the visions, possibly, you know, Duncan the Tall, right? Like, and then the yeah, the yep, all, all that stuff. And we know he goes to the Tower of Joy and the show and all that stuff. So, uh, right, yeah, Melisandre even sees. I don't know if you said this. The um, what's her name? Ah, oh, gosh, it's not. Uh, it's one of the Karstarks coming to get aid right. from mm-hmm. from John. I used to think it was someone else but it's not it's one of the, i think it is a car stark yep yeah, um, yeah but anyways yeah so she sees things in the future so i don't know man um it's definitely 
we needed to, I need to do the hierarchy. I need to break down, you know, uh, find a bunch of references and things. Because that threw me for a loop when I saw the children, you know, were calling down ravens and wolves to sort of attack uh, they, when they were allied there with the first men and they were attacking the 777 um, Andals, you know, uh, the those knights that had that had uh, attacked them. So, anyways, all right. Okay. Here. What else we got here? Um. Well, let's see here. Uh, is that it for the Ghost of Harrenhals? I believe it is. Um. Trivia time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Trivia. All right. How many men are knighted for the Battle of the Blackwater? Kind of an interesting little uh, thing here, and it's a lot. It's a, a lot. lot yeah, Kingsguard man. It says they. It says that they knight you know uh, a lot of people to fight in this mm-hmm. battle. So mm-hmm. it's just yeah, uh, yeah. quite quite interesting there. So okay, um, I think we kind of have two more here. This is from uh, our newly. Uh, Sir Fluffhead of Gamehenge. Yep. Uh, Fair morning, my lords. Was discussing the bittersweet ending with a friend, and he brought up a very realistic scenario that made me quite sad. Before I go on, this is strictly a show theory, as my bittersweet book ending theories are way more complex. Uh, as revealed in season seven, John is Aegon Targaryen the sixth. Possibly, if he is actually a king, he would then become Aegon the sixth. Right. Um, Because there's been plenty of Aegons as well. Um, Whereas in the books, Aegon is at Storm's End with Connington. Still not sure how legit potential fake Aegon is. Anyways, we are constantly teased in the show at Jon's parentage. We all know it, but he doesn't. And I uh, do not think he ever will is the one thing everyone wants him uh, to. I know, but I think Bran probably uh, creepily watch John and Danny get down on the boat and will decide it's best not to tell John uh, as it will distract him from the true focus, the Night King. Uh, it says, uh, end of Raven 1. Uh, in addition to this, here are some more heavily um, cow dung. Here's here's some more heavy cow dung. I think Danny will be the big tragic death, maybe not as a sacrifice to create Lightbringer, but she will die, and thus this will divide the fans. As Sophie Turner stated, if you want to hear my bittersweet book ending, uh, I think Gurr might uh, go Lord of the Rings on us in the sense that Westeros is completely destroyed with nothing left to rule over. Thus the survivors go into the east to find new land, only to discover that Slaver's Bay is in worse condition than Danny left it. Uh, I hate this theory, and it's my own, <laughs> and had to share. Okay, so quite so quite wow. a few things so quite a few things to to pick apart here. So, um, his first Raven is kind of more of like a kind of like like a statement, I guess, more than kind of a question here. Yeah. Um. No, I I, I actually I don't know. Brand may tell him that that he saw he saw John and Danny get it get down on the boat. Uh, I, I think it would be kind of yeah. You st- you still want to have humor, right? Uh, in the show, like you're 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 still gonna have kind of some funny moments, and and I one of the funniest moments of last season was when Sam was talking to Bran, mm-hmm. and he's like, and Bran's like, oh, I'm the three eyed Raven, and Sam's like, oh, uh, okay, like you know, it's just like this really like <laughs> yeah. kind of funny awkward moment, and I think that right. that yeah. that would be something else you you could do, and it would just be it would just be another like funny funny quick little moment because. The show, the show does have humor, you know, even though it is a really yeah. serious show. Like, all of the Tormund Brienne stuff is hilarious. Oh, yeah. It is, like, right. it, is, yeah. it is hilarious. And I, I, I hope, I really hope that Tormund does get with Brienne because it would just be, like, perfect. But I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. I think Tor, I think Tormund is, is, a, is a super expendable character. Um, well, even if he gets un- with her and it dies, you know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because everyone still so. wants her to get with Jamie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that that would also be that would also be good, but uh, yeah, I I'm I'm more on the Tormund. I'm a team Tormund. Okay, are you in team, team Tormund? Tor- yeah. Are you team Tormund or team Jamie? There's we should yeah, do right. a po- we should do a poll. Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. yeah Who should it. Brienne get with? Team Tormund or team Jamie? There we go. Yeah, we wow. we, we need to do a poll. <laughs> oh gosh, or Lady Stoneheart. Back yeah. to Lady Stoneheart. You know. Just kidding. All right. Um, yeah. Let's see, let's see here. My thought. I, I like his uh, the comment about the sort of that Lord of the Rings ending. You know that that it, things are completely destroyed and you know, they have to kind of go. And that would be nuts. Like it's almost like 
it turns into more of a maybe there's only a few places that that are you, you that you can inhabit down in Dorne or whatever but most of it's been like destroyed or it, it's going to take years to recover and so they have to migrate back east you know cuz they came um you know west you know across the land bridge and uh the arm of Dorne there and then have to go back that would be nuts i think that would be absolutely crazy right so yeah yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I. I don't know if Gur's going to go that that crazy. Um, I think still everything's going to be. I, I think it's happening. In the I think it's neat because I've never heard anybody say that. You know, I've never. That heard is true. Yeah. Anyone, you know, bring bring that up. So I think that's different from what we have heard. Um, I, you know, the the comment that uh, Danny's going to die and that it's not going to be, uh, to sac- like as a sacrifice to create Lightbringer. That yeah, I don't know. Do you really see them plunging a sword in someone and someone else letting them? You know, do I that. Know. I don't, I don't know. I think if it happens, it happens by accident. It's like they unintentionally fulfill a prophecy that they don't even know about. You know, um, right? I think it could be something like that. But uh, yeah. Um, now the bit that the actually the statement that was mentioned up here earlier by Sir Fluffhead. Um, let's see the idea that. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So with with Aegon. Um, John is Aegon Targaryen, whereas in the books, Aegon is at Storm's End with Connington. Uh, let's see here. A realistic scenario, which made me quite sad before I... Okay, let's see. Anyways, we will... Um, we were constantly teased in the show at John's parentage. Uh, we all know it, but he doesn't, and I... Uh, oh, so that was the brand comment. I wanted to mention... I thought he mentioned more about uh, Aegon uh, and young Griff there, and whether they whether they were the same... I thought that's right. what that's what I said earlier. So I was I was, I thought I had heard you say that, but reading this again, no, it's not what he's saying. Because I to to me, I think they've they've can you know taken those two characters and sort of uh, interwoven them to make them the same. So, all right, cool. I think that's it. Then I think we've answered everything from that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, on. One. We have one last one here. Um, this is pretty cool. Uh, Lord Phantom of Lord Phantom the Tranquil Havoc. This is from Instagram. Uh, what could happen if one of the stone men blew Dragonbinder? Valyria had other dragon riding houses beside the Targaryens. Um, bes- uh, because the horn burns the user, uh, I believe this could turn them into dragons, similar to the way Danny Danny's burnt uh, burned her petrified, basically stone eggs. What? <laughs> wow! So, one of the stone men. Uh, would would blow dragon binder that's interesting i was actually starting to think that the stonemen could then survive the blowing of i think dragon they could binder. yeah i think that maybe they could maybe that's the route they go that's what i thought as what i thought lord phantom was well say and, there. and you and you know there is there is a you know could be soon stone man uh with a uh, connington mm-hmm. yeah for sure that's true yeah sometimes i forget that he's that he contracted that yeah uh for sure so Huh, Valeria had other dragon um and maybe and maybe besides. that could be kind of cool. Maybe maybe he maybe like Daenerys shows up, right? And he and you know, the horn shows up as well and he blows the horn thinking we can control the dragons. Mhm. Mhm. So we could find yeah. out. Well, and what and, and what he's talking about here is that the idea that uh there were other um Huh, that's in two different parts. So you remember when the uh that's sort of the like like the isn't that the Roinar who mm-hmm. who um mm-hmm. yeah helped to kind of contract that uh what's it actually called? The what is the name? I just forgot it. The 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 disease. Anyways, it's you know would they actually turn into dragons though? You know what I'm saying? That's that's the that's the part I'm struggling with. I'm trying to think of, of whether they would you know turn into dragons or would they be more like because they could with with withstand you know blowing the uh, dragon binder maybe they then can bind dragons to themselves you know just because if they had targaryen if some of them are um yeah they and unless they lived super long and that this is more that they're men who go into that area get that sickness and and then uh grayscale that's what it's called right grayscale yeah 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 yep um Okay, so I don't know, man. Gray scale. Now think about that too. It's kind of scaly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's a, that's a really yeah. that's 
That's a good thought. I haven't really, I haven't given that disease. You know, I know that it's it's difficult to to heal. We actually see Sam uh, attempt it though, doesn't he? Basically, yeah. if you can take the pain, you know, he can kind of remove it from your body. Um, you're going to be super scarred and, and stuff, but he, you know, uh, is able to cut that off of, of uh, at least in the show, Jorah Mormont. So, uh, so Connington has a chance. Do you think Connington will survive? That's my question. Uh, I don't know. I think John John Connington is is a, is a guy who I, I see as quite expendable. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So then what happens to... Jorah Mormont when he how does he you know get back into and I know in the show he's he's contracted that grayscale and so he's been sent away is that going to happen in the books does, mm, I don't does, know does he I don't know if we're I, I think I don't I don't back? think they're going to have two grayscale no, no no that's not what I mean like like I, how, okay. how, how does how, how, how does she send him away or why would she send him away after he proves himself or does she you know what I'm saying like would there would there be any need to? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. Yeah, because she's still she's still upset with him, right? You know, for um, betraying her and things. And even though he kind of proves himself and he goes in, um, well, I mean, yeah. So he goes in with uh, what's his face, and they sneak in and, and and free the city. But then he gets um, in the books. He's with uh, Tyrion. You know. He's in the slave. He's in the slave pits, fighting right. and stuff. So, right, is that how he earns his way back into? I mean, that's the same in the book, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Isn't that how well, he and uh... in the in the show he first comes back when he first comes back when Danny is about to be attacked, right? And then uh-huh. he 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 comes. He Danny's about to be attacked by like the I think the sons of the harpy. And like he is there, yeah. He's at the, he's at the pits, and he kind of saves her. And then um, Drogon comes down, and she ends up like getting on him and ri- flying off. And then that's where she ends up in the Kalasar by herself, right? And that's where she, um, and, and then Drogon flies off, and she's approached by the Kalasar. She's thrown into the oh god, I'm blanking on it now. Where they take all the wives. Oh, Vase Dothrak. Yeah, Vase Dothrak, and then she remember she's thrown in there, and then. She ends up burning it to the ground, and then like everyone sees her because she like comes out of it alive, and that's how she gets her Kalasar. That's how she gets her right, own right. Kalasar. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and then Jor and then Jorah Morma is off with uh, Dariona Harris, and I can't remember where she does send him to go get. She's I think she he uh, she ends up I think they end up meeting back up, and she says. Like, you know, go get healed and then find me again, and he does. Right, yeah, exactly. So I, I guess I was just in the books, you know, it's like as he's there standing, she's right now in the books, like, lost, you know, out with uh, Drogon. Right. But, like, it is is basically is, you know, how does he get back in her good graces? Is it because he brings back Tyrion, I guess? I mean, you know, does he have to do more for her, Right. Uh, prove himself more to get back in her services, you know, because he continues to kind of, worship her and brings back a Lannister to try to like prove himself you know and things I don't know you know it's just even though he gets caught and he gets you know sold into like slavery there and he's which is ironic right and he's fighting because he wants to be uh, mm-hmm. fighting in front of her so yeah anyways I don't know it's uh, we'll, we'll learn more I guess in Winds of Winter and um, unless they do something super crazy well no they couldn't do that Winds of Winds has to include all these different characters so but. Yeah. All right, man. Um, any other Ravens? Think we're uh, good. Nope. That is it. That is it for this week. So, uh, all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And in the words of House Tallheart, proud and free.